Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about building resilience because we all go through tough situations. We all go through situations where things don't go our way. How many times have you felt that changes dumped at you and that the unexpected happened? Adversity doesn't discriminate. We all face adversity. And 2020 was a great proof of that. We can choose what happens to us, but we can choose how we respond to what happens to us. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about what is resilience? What characteristics do people with resilience exhibit? And finally, I'm going to give you my tips on how to build resilience. Because yes, you can develop resilience. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal-getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves, those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. One thing is for sure, adversity doesn't discriminate. We all face adversity at one point in our lives or many times through our lives. 2020 was a great proof of that. As I mentioned in the introduction of today's episode, we can choose what happens to us, but we can choose how we respond to what is happening. Many people will collapse under the stress and the worry that comes from difficult situations. But there are a few that are able to handle these events in a stride. It's almost like they perform better because of it. Why is that? Do they simply have a different outlook in life? What are the skills and behaviors of people who are resilient? And can we learn from them and become more resilient ourselves? Before we answer all those questions, let's define resilience. And I think in order to understand resilience, we need to talk about what is not. Resilience is not tenacity, is not our ability to stick to tasks no matter how tough they are and to see through them. That's called grit. And although grit is necessary, in order to succeed in any field in our lives. Today, I'm not going to be talking about pushing through. What I want to talk about is bouncing back. Resilience, in my opinion, is a key ingredient in the process of facing and recovering from adversity. I, as I was preparing for today's episode, I googled the word resilience and this is what I found. Resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Basically, resilience is our ability to not fall under pressure, even if we don't feel calm and confident, is 
to be able to sustain energy through high demanding tasks and to be able to quickly put ourselves together to bounce back even if we're experiencing major setbacks. Resilience is not about avoiding stress, but rather learning and thriving with stress. Even though resilience may sound as an innate skill, I have good news for you. Resilience can be learned. So today, I want to share some tips that have helped me build resilience. If I were to describe myself, resilience will be one word that I would use to describe myself. And when I start thinking about the question that I ask a few minutes ago on what are the skills or behaviors of people who are resilient and how can we learn from people who have these characteristics. So let me share with you from my perspective some of the skills and some of the behaviors that resilient people exhibit. The first one is that they stay open-minded and flexible. They also view difficulties as challenges and not as paralyzing events. They look at their failures and their mistakes as lessons to be learned, um, opportunities for growth. They don't view them as a negative reflection of their abilities of, or their self-worth, but rather as opportunities to get better. Resilient people are also committed to their lives and to their goals, and they have a compelling reason to get out of bed every morning. Resilient people spend their time and their energy focusing on situations and events that they can control because they put their effort where they can make the most impact, then they feel empowered and confident. Those who spend time worrying about things that they can control, they often feel lost, helpless, and powerless to take action, which is totally the opposite of what I think a resilient person is. Also, they practice patience and kindness towards themselves and towards others. They're generally optimistic. They focus on the things that they're grateful for versus the challenges that they're facing or the difficulties that they're facing. Resilient people live in the present. They move on from the past. They learn from their mistakes and they focus on the present because they know that that's the only thing that they can control and they can change. They also value and build good relationships. They focus on who they surround themselves with. They know and they consider their limits. They know that they know how to identify or when they need help and they're not afraid to ask for help. Um, they also know how to handle rejection. And finally, resilient people, I think that they like to spend time alone to self-reflect and to grow from their experiences. So those are some characteristics that I think resilient people share.
And I know it sounds like a lot and you might be asking yourself, okay, well, what can I do to become more resilient? How can I increase my resilience? And I personally believe like many other things, the only way to do it is by taking action and practicing. Resilience is like a muscle. The more you exercise the muscle, the more it would grow. So here are some of the things that have helped me increase that resilience threshold, if you will. The first thing is reframe your stress. Your view of stress impacts your health far more than the stress itself. So stress, I think, can be both a good and a bad thing, right? To develop stress resilience, you need to reorient your thinking from stress to see it as something that can energize and challenge you versus something that wears you down. This will improve your ability to deal with difficult moments and crisis. Second tip. When we have setbacks, you need to monitor your internal conversation, the one that you're having with yourself. I talked about this on a previous episode that the most important conversation that you'll ever have is the one that you have with yourself. So when you're going through a setback, when you're experiencing a setback, what are you telling yourself? Are you blaming yourself? Do you ruminate on the situation? Do you get stuck and focus on all the things that went wrong? Like, are you telling yourself, I'm a loser? Of course I screwed it up. How can I be so stupid? Many times we blame ourselves in ways that we would never blame others or talk like to others. Instead, If you want to develop resilience, you need to start practicing asking yourself things like, what did I learn from this situation? What did I learn about myself and my relationship with others in this setback, in this situation? What can I do next time differently to make the situation better? Asking yourself this type of questions is going to help you move on instead of leaving you defeated and discouraged. It will give you motivation to keep going and keep trying, to bounce back, to be more resilient. Instead, instead of talking yourself into giving up, talk to yourself into learning and doing. The third tip Take personal accountability. When we're faced with setbacks, one natural reaction is to look for who to blame. My experience has been that when I'm looking to who to blame for, I'm basically more likely to stay down in the ground, right? When I fall down and I'm looking for, okay, who pushed me? Who make me trip? Um, Whose fault is that I fall? When I do that, I typically stay down longer, if that makes sense. Versus or opposed to 
the times when I ask myself, what could I have done differently? And looking inwards and taking personal responsibility for that setback. Because when you take personal responsibility for your setbacks and you're more personally accountable, you're going to find quicker answers to the questions that we talked before. Like, what did I learn of the situation? What can I do better? And it's going to push you to take action and improve and stand up and keep trying. Another tip is surround yourself with the right people. Find community. Find a positive, supportive group that you can trust and rely on. Share your struggles with others. When you have someone to bounce your ideas, to share your frustrations with, you can move on quicker. Venting is okay and sometimes is necessary. And having a circle of close friends, mentors, um, people that can just listen to you venting can speed up the process of moving on. Being able to let things off your chest can help speed up that, let's say, grieving process that happens after you fall. And it's going to help you move into learning mode quicker. Think about who are those people? Who are those people that you can trust to go to when you have a setback that will listen to you and will encourage you and will help you to get out of that grieving phase and move into growing and learning mode? Another tip is setbacks can create a domino effect that not only will ruin the situation or that area in your life where the setback occurred, but it can create a domino effect in other areas and habits in your life, which ends up making you feel even worse. So a way to avoid that is to stick to your habits, to develop discipline. So I'm going to share something that I heard, I listened to recently, but um, I was listening to Michael O'Brien, who is the chief shift officer at Peloton Executive Coaching. And he has a TED Talk, and actually I listened to him on a virtual event that I attended, but he talks about not allowing a bad moment turn into a bad day. And one question that he encourages people to ask themselves to prevent a bad moment to turn into a bad day is to ask yourself, is this moment happening to me or for me? This question provides space for you to be curious and an opportunity to shift your perspective. It helps also to see new possibilities that you can grab or hold into to lift yourself up, um, to point your eyes towards in a different direction because ultimately uh, we go where our eyes go, right? So he explains like a four-step process Um, to practice every time that you experience a bad moment. Let's say that you have a bad commute to work. How many times you have a stressful commute to work 
and or you have a, a conversation with someone that turned negative or you have a health concern um, or you start your morning stress because you were late for a meeting and that throws you off for the entire day and then that bad moment becomes a bad day. So what he says is next time you have a bad moment, do these four things. First, reconnect with your breath. Um, he has a technique that he calls pause, breathe, and reflect. Basically, is a box breathing process that helps you to slow things down and create the step for the next step. So um, many years ago, I took the seven habits of highly effective people training, or you can read the book. I really recommend it. It's my ultimate favorite book of all times. It's a book that has impacted my life the most. And in the book, um, Dr. Colby explains that between a situation, right, there is a space. And many times when we have a bad moment, we automatically react to that moment. We don't allow a space between the situation and our respond to the situation. So basically, reconnecting with your breath is helping you to slow down and increase the space between the situation that is happening and your response to that situation. So then instead of reacting to it, you are more thoughtful in how you respond to that situation. Then ask yourself the question, is this happening to me or for me? And then with this new awareness and with gratitude, because when you force yourself to think that that moment is happening for you, even though in the moment you don't know exactly why it's happening, that increases your awareness and increases your gratitude. And then you can transition into acceptance and then consider what your following action should be. And then step number four is since work and life are not solo projects, who in your community can support you in this moment? He calls it who is in your peloton or who is in your governing board or your board of directors? Who are those people that I was talking about a minute ago that you can go to and lean towards, right, for support? And I think this is a very powerful practice that I would add a fifth step, and that is jump to the next habit or the next daily routine. So for me, sometimes I'll give you an example. Let's say that one day I slept in, I didn't hear the alarm. And that for me is a bad moment because my morning routine is no negotiable. And if I'm if I have a meeting and I slept in and I now I need to skip my workout or my gratitude practice or any other component in my morning routine, that throws me off. And that can be the start of a bad day. But how do I stop it that moment, the fact that I didn't wake up when the alarm went out, become the downfall for a bad day? And that is jumping to the next habit. Okay, I skip 
my workout, what is the next thing that I typically do after my workout? Just go there and get back on track right away with your habits. And don't let that bad moment become that domino effect into all the rest of your day and all the daily routines and good habits that you have in place. Okay, the next tip. Choose carefully where you focus your attention. Focus on the things that you can change versus the things that you can change. Our nature is to typically focus on negative things, on our shortcomings, on the things that can be improved. Our brains are programmed to focus on survival. This helped our ancestors, like the cavemen, to survive threats from tigers and other wild animals. In today's world, we're constantly threat, right? Our brain's natural reaction is to focus on survival. We need to still acknowledge that there are negative situations that are going to happen, but we need to focus on the positives of the situation and ask yourself, what is good in this situation and what can I control in this situation? Many times we get overwhelmed by all the things that are part of this situation that we can control. And that creates a downward spiral of stress and we get stuck because there's nothing we can do. We have absolute no control over those things, but we keep focusing on the same things that we can control. So rather focus on what you can control and on the positives of the situation. And um, Tony Robbins says what focus goes, energy flows. So If you focus on the things that you can control, then you're going to naturally, your energy is going to flow into taking action into those things. And once you start taking action in the things that you can control, the situation is going to become better and you're going to feel more in control. The next thing, when you feel stuck, ask yourself, are your actions benefiting you or hurting you? Many times when we have a setback or when we feel stuck on a negative situation, we take actions that not always are benefiting us, but rather are hindering us. So let's say um, this is very typical in nutrition. When someone is doing a diet and all of a sudden they had a craving and they ate a cookie. And then they're like, oh, I already ate a cookie. I'll just have some ice cream or I'll have a pizza or I'll have the next thing. And taking a moment to pause and ask yourself, is this that I'm doing benefiting me or hindering me? And having that second cookie or having the ice cream or having the cake is not taking me any closer to my goal. It's just making the situation worse. And basically, you're focusing on that short-term reward and forgetting about your long-term reward, which is really what you're after. So when you react to a situation and you take action, no matter what that action is, ask yourself, is this action benefiting me or hindering me? And just asking that question to yourself is going to create self-awareness and help you self-correct. It can help you let go and move on. Asking yourself this 
can help you to take over the driver's seat again and bounce back from setbacks instead of going in that downward spiral and making things worse. Another thing is, okay, another tip, develop productive coping mechanisms. Uh, I saw this chart once, um, and I want you to visualize this in your mind. Resilience is basically has two components. Imagine the X and the Y axles. So on the Y axle, you have stress that can go anywhere from low to high. And on the X axle, you have coping mechanisms or coping skills that can also go from low to high. So the first quadrant where stress is low and coping skills are low, you're really nothing is going on there, right? You don't feel anything. You're not really using your skills, your coping skills. You're not even aware if you're using them. Let's say that stress increases, but you don't develop stronger coping skills. That is the space where you feel anxious, when you lose self-confidence, when you feel insecure, when you get stuck anytime that there is a setback or a roadblock or a challenge, right? That is the space where definitely we don't want to be. Then you might have situations where stress is low, but you have really strong coping skills. That is the space where you feel that you got this, that you can do anything that you set yourself to do. Um, You feel strong and you feel that you can take on any challenge. And that's good. But that coping skills may get tested when stress increases, right? Our goal when being resilient should be that we can have strong coping mechanisms and skills even when stress is high. That's ultimately what you're striving for. So if you want to be more resilient, you should focus on growing and nurturing and developing coping skills. So think about how do you cope with stress today? What are the things that help you cope with stress today or could help you cope with stress in the future when stress increases? For me personally, working out is one of those things that where I leave all my stress on the mat when I'm working out. That's why I am very intentional about working out every day because that helps me to keep my stress under control. If I'm going through a tough situation, a setback, journaling also sometimes helps. Um, And when I journal, I try to answer the questions that I mentioned earlier, like what are the positives in this situation? What can I learn from this situation? What, how can I get out of this situation and get moving and learning from what just happened? Um, what can I do differently next time? And I journal about those things. Um, the other thing could be meditation. That could be a practice that for many people can help cope with stress and setbacks. 
The thing is, you need to find what works for you because we're all different. What works for me might not work for you. And this is a work, some work that you need to do for yourself to reflect on in the past when you face stressful situations, what has helped you deal with that stress or what could help you in the future and start practicing those things even when stress is low. You see, that is the key. Many times we don't practice these things because we're like, oh, I'm not stressed. I really don't need to meditate. I don't need to journal. I don't need to work out because I'm fine. Life is good. The thing is that those setbacks, those roadblocks, those challenges are going to come when you're not expecting them. So you need to be prepared for when stress increases. You need to be prepared for when those setbacks will come. And the only way to be prepared is by practicing those coping skills, even when stress is low. The other thing that can help, and this is my last tip on today's episode, is to find ways to recharge. Engage in regular activities that can help you relieve stress and recharge. This is very related with what I was just talking about. It's not enough that you know what are the best coping mechanisms for you, but you need to practice those on a regular basis. Because as I mentioned at the beginning, resilience is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger it's going to get. So even I would say, not only have these coping mechanisms and these recharging activities as daily routines or weekly routines or regular routines. But I will add to that, put yourself to a test. Like try to create setbacks intentionally in your life to put your coping mechanisms to a test. Here's an example of something that that you can do. If you know that asking someone to do something, that person is going to say no, right? Because he or she always says no. Um, go ask him. Get a no for an answer. Do something that will create a no as an answer. And then deal with it. Put in practice those coping skills that we were talking about and reflect and by practicing of putting yourself intentionally in setbacks, of course, these are small setbacks that are not going to throw you off. But sometimes just practicing can make a whole difference, can once again strengthen that muscle of resilience. Okay, that's what I have for you today on this topic of building resilience. So the key takeaway today is that you're not born with resilience. You can develop resilience. And I hope that some of the things that I shared with you today are helpful, have provoked some thoughts and invite you to think about what can you do to build your resilience. 
I hope you liked today's episode. If you did, as always, I'm going to ask you to head to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. While you're there, make sure that you subscribe so you get notifications or any upcoming podcast episodes. And please share this episode with someone that you think can benefit from today's content. With that, I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you again next week for another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast.